Well, hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I am thrilled to have you back. I, of course, greet you in peace. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. I want to remind you that you can write to me at Laurie at Tantra Cafe anytime. You can send me emails about any of the shows. If there's a show you'd like to hear, if there's one of my guests who you want to hear more from and you don't know how, you can write me, Laurie at Butterfly, I'm sorry, Laurie at Tantra Cafe dot com. Or you could write me at ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's my website. Well, have you ever wondered why someone would go in search of themselves and find a guru? I wonder about it. Personally, I've found quite a few teachers along the way, but none of whom I actually called my guru. My guest today has published a newsletter called Guru, G-U-R-U. Oh, G-U-R-U. And he's very funny. He has great jokes and wonderful, enlightening pieces and cartoons about what it is to actually find a teacher that one calls a guru. My guest's name is Krishna Prem, and he's an American who lives in Amsterdam at this point. On his way to Amsterdam, he spent the better part of his life in India with his friend and teacher, Osho. He left America when he was 30 years old, which is about 35 years ago, and he was in search of himself, and he found out, he says, that there was really nowhere to go. So I'm going to bring him on, and we're going to be talking to him about why he left and what he was searching for and actually what he did find, because now uh, he his G-U-R-U guru newsletter is one of the best things anyone could read. So, Krishna Prem, welcome to Tondra Cafe. It's great to have you back. Hey, thanks, Laurie. This is fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's well, I don't know you to have anything but fun, actually. <laughs> but, you, you know, it's, it's really funny, Laurie, when you greeted the, your friends by saying, uh, Om, Shanti, Shanti, Om. Uh, it, it reminds me when I, I was with my teacher, Osho, and uh, the woman that brought me up, she was my sister. I was adopted by my own sister. Um, she was leaving her body, and I said to Osho, I'm, I'm going to go with her now, and she likes to chant, and I was wondering if you felt like chanting Om uh, would be a, a comfortable way for her to be with me. And he said, you should never fake life, you know, that so many friends chant the word Om, but they don't feel it. He said, when you chant with her, you chant the just the sound O. And uh, so I was chanting the sound O with her as she was leaving her body. And uh, I found myself in the bathroom and I was still chanting because I was with her. But what, sometimes you, you probably know this. You're alone in your bathroom and you become very, very real. And all of a sudden that O became Om. You know, that, yeah. the, the, the agony... And, uh, and the ecstasy of someone leaving their body uh, created such a reality in me that I became that sound of silence that you couldn't, you, you have to come to, and it has to come to you. You can't rehearse life. And that's yeah. one of the great things about having a teacher. He helps you to say, don't rehearse and be total. 
and from that contradiction of of just taking risks and finding out who you are, you can all of a sudden chant Om naturally. Yes, yes, I've had the experience, you know, you know. so I, I, I can totally relate to that. Totally. Yeah. I want to, you know. So thank you, thanks for sharing that. Uh, okay. That's a, it's a tip for somebody because you're you are still spreading a message in your publicized in newsletter, the Guru newsletter, G U R U. You still yeah. are publicizing the message from your teacher Osho, and that's actually how we met. You and I, right? Met, isn't it? Yeah, we met yeah, at Osho. It's funny because it's such a delicate point, uh, Laurie, to to say I have a teacher and to share nothing at all. You know, because I don't want to share my teacher's personality. I don't want to share his name. I want to share what he stands for and what rings true to me. So oftentimes. I'm using my teacher to indicate the unknown, not to indicate who he is. Do you know it's, what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean, and I want to let you know that that's a bit esoteric. So oh, it is? I, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't yeah. know if everyone else would know what you mean. So could you say a little bit more about that, how you, how you actually share the unknown rather than sharing about the teacher? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, Thanks. <laughs> I, I don't have to think while I'm on your program for an hour. Wait a second, I'm losing you. I can't hear you. Come back. Come closer. I'm right here. It's it's um, it, it's it's very good. I mean, one of the things that Osho taught me, he said, you know, it's so easy to be strong and invulnerable. It's so easy for me to be your coach and to scream at you, score a touchdown. You know. Yeah. But he said, and it's, uh, but it's much more difficult to be vulnerable and strong, you know, to, uh, to share your intimacy in a way that people can hear you and to share love, uh, between two men, say me and my teacher. And the outcome would be someone saying, I can feel my own aloneness. Do you know what I mean? So, in other words, the outcome of uh, of love for me, oftentimes, is that feeling of of uh, being alone and being satisfied by that feeling. And so, oftentimes, uh, in tantra or in relating, we're we're with someone, and the closer we get to sharing who we are with that person, the more alone I might feel. Yeah, you know, so the contradiction is is for me very honest and very truthful. That uh, even sharing with you, I have goosebumps. You know, we're <laughs> you know we're we're sharing we're sharing love for this lifetime. You know. Yeah. So, well. Yeah, and you know something. It's uh, from the moment I met you. You know, which is already it seems like it's. Uh, I've known you for five years. I've only known you for a little brief a day here or a day there, like when we catch each other in India. And yet, I have this really special connection, uh, openness, feeling of love for you. And 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 it, I feel love emanates from you. I feel... Wow, when I'm with you, I but don't... But how could you say that people. without feeling it yourself? You know, that's, that, that's what I mean by the contradiction. Like, you can feel my love only because you are love. You know, right. 
You know, when, when, when you're in a good mood, you can feel a good mood. When you're, when you're loving, you can feel love. And, and that's why I, I often say to people, you know, especially, you know, man, so many young people come to me and they say, I'm so miserable, I'm alone. You know, and I say, well, the, the best way to meet someone is to not be miserable. You know, I, I say, get in a good mood. It's so attractive compared right. to being miserable. And so oftentimes, that's my suggestion. Don't even meet somebody today. You're, you're not... You're miserable. Try not to meet anybody. You'd meet another person that that wants to be miserable with you. You know, so get get yourself in a good mood and and, and uh, dance a little bit. See how attractive it is to be uh, sexy. You know, because you're happy. You know, right. sexy happy for me is is a lot of fun. Yeah, and a lot uh, of people are miserable who are together. By the way, I mean, let's just. A lot of my shows are about that very subject where. People are longing for someone, and they're basically miserable. They have not done the inner work it takes to get themselves happy on their own. And then they find someone else who has not done the inner work that it takes to be happy on their own. And together, they blame. They do the blame game. That becomes the dance. And then, they, then they're both miserable, and they're blaming it on the other person. Fantastic, you know, and, and that. So I say, you know, get yourself in a good mood, uh, you know, get dressed up and go dancing and 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 have some fun. And and having fun is the most attractive thing to another human being. Uh, joy is the most attractive thing there is in this lifetime, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so you know, and it's not so difficult. It's who you are. It's who you are. So if you, in uh, my teacher Osho often would say, if you look into your misery and your pain, if you really dig into it, you end up in bliss. So instead of looking for somebody else to take you out of your misery, look into your own life and peel the layers of the onion. You know, take one problem away at a time. Keep looking into it to find out that problem is a problem but it's not you and keep looking for who you are and when you find out who you are and you come out the other side there's going to be many people smiling back at you it's yeah. very attractive yeah. to be yourself yeah and they were always there actually just waiting they Absolutely. were there waiting but we but the when the microscope is focused in it's very very difficult to look outside and see all the love that there is and all yeah. the joy that there is, because there, because yeah. the focus is on that, the focus is on the misery, the suffering. And, yeah, uh, fantastic! You're very good on your own program. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I consider that a compliment from you. I, you know, I, it's like I can reach through the space to Amsterdam and see you sitting yeah, here no. smiling at me. Yeah, you know, I, I love America, and I'll be going in September, but one of the things about being free uh, is you end up meeting a, somebody from Holland. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here because I have a beloved here. But it's so cute. Sometimes I wish I I hadn't left Medford, Massachusetts. I, it might be more fun to be home right now. But, uh, that's the thing. In, in meditation um, and in love, there are no boundaries. Right. So I, I, live, I live on this little planet, and... And uh, one of the things that you learn in meditation is not to draw lines in the sand, not to be 
uh, draw a line and call this America and a line to call this Europe and a line and call it Iraq. You know, it's, it's, there's a oneness involved. And if yeah. you look at life as in its parts, it's never whole. If you look at it in its entirety, you know, we live on this planet called Earth, then we're, we're much more friendly and much more sharing. You know, we don't own America. We don't own India. We're just here and uh, making the best of it. Yeah, of course, I, you, have to, you, you have to be alert, but, you know, you can live without boundaries. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I want to actually, when we come back, I want to talk about boundaries a little bit, and I also want to search with you a little bit about what drove you on the on your quest. So if, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handler, your host, and today my guest is Krishna Prem, who is my darling friend from, from Osho, uh, Osho the Meditation Resort, Osho the, the Ashram in Pune, India. That's where we met. And we're talking today about him leaving Massachusetts, at, going on a quest for himself and finding everything, finding the, finding the nothing in the everything and the everything in the nothing and, and all the cosmic jokes. In between. So when we come back, we're going to talk about boundaries. Please stay tuned. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. This is Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, and we're back. Today, my guest is Krishna Prem, and we're talking about finding a teacher and then finding oneself and finding the joy inside, all kinds of things. And before we broke, Krishna Prem was talking about being able to live on the planet without boundaries, boundaries dissolving, being able to see things in their entirety. 
And, you know, I want to ask you about this because I once read that Osho said that to be a true tantric, to really be free, you could say yes to everything, that life and everything that it presents in life is a big yes. And I have to tell you that for a while I pondered that because I came from an upbringing where there were no boundaries. I didn't know who I was, where I started and stopped, and where somebody else started and stopped. So for the beginning parts of my life, I had a lot of silly, codependent relationships. I mean, like stupid, silly, codependent relationships. And when I started to explore boundaries, and be able to say no to certain things, like up front, rather than saying no later when I was tired of being nice. But when I just was able to say no, that's not that's not working for me or no. And I had I got boundaries, healthy boundaries. I started to really feel great about myself, being able to say no to certain things that didn't work for me. And the funny thing is that now I, I don't need as many boundaries as I needed to just exercise that kind of sense of myself. So I find now that I'm growing into what Osho said, which is it's like yes to life, yes to everything. Could you comment on that? Well, it's always, again, in the contradiction. Like, for example, when Osho uses the word to discriminate, he doesn't mean love one person and hate one person, you know. He doesn't say love white people and hate black people and love red people and hate Chinese people, what yellow people. What he what he was meaning is what works for you. So uh, he would say it's never to discriminate, but it's to find out what to be discriminating, you know, to make it into a verb. What works for you? What do you what do you like? you know and and what don't you like and then if you find something is is hurtful to you you just don't go there it doesn't mean that you keep saying yes to pain it means saying i'm not going to go there because it doesn't work for me it just doesn't work for me yeah and uh, and and uh, i think that too many people uh like you said when you're a young person if you don't have any boundaries you tend you also as much as good times you have, you also have bad times. You, you keep running into the same wall. So it's a question of being mature and discriminating for what you want from this lifetime, what works for you. And also to never make up rules. In other words, uh, even meditation is a technique. And once you are meditating... There's no need for a wall called meditation. So I think the best thing for everybody listening tonight, uh, because we don't want to get too esoteric, is to always remember that life is actually a verb. You are living. <laughs> and what happens is most people say, aha, I found out that chocolate ice cream is life. And then all they eat is chocolate ice cream, even when they get bored. And what Osho was saying is maybe sometimes your favorite is chocolate ice cream, but you might know it even more if you go out and have vanilla once, you know. You might rush back to chocolate and say, I love you. I didn't even, I, I was bored, but please 
you know, Baskin and Robbins take me back, you know, and, 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 and Osha was even that about relationship. He would say, uh, okay, you're in love with Laurie and, uh, but maybe, uh, three years from now, Judy walks by and you spend some time with her and then you find out, my gosh, I want to be with Laurie even more. But what most people do is they say, I'm going to marry Laurie for the rest of my life. And then they build a house called marriage. You know, they build a house called relationship. And for me, tear down marriage, tear down relationship, be marrying, being re- be relating, be a river flowing. Yeah. And this is what Osho means by no boundaries. He means sometimes the river is just a still lake and sometimes it's a rushing river. And he says, can you relax both floating on the lake and all of a sudden the lake goes around the bend and it's a rushing river. Can you still relax? You might have to swim hard. You might have to breathe hard. You might be threatened, but you can still remain scented because you know it's you that's in the water. The water is not you. So the still lake is not you. The rushing river is not you. You are who you are. No boundaries. You know, no, no life is a verb. So you, you, you just become who you are. Flowing, living, loving. You, you're in your body. You're not in your body. You know, you're, you're married. You're not married, but you always remain the center of the cyclone you remember you remain the person in the water you don't get confused by the situation you're in you transcend you transcend it it doesn't you might even die in that raging river but you stayed scented the whole time yeah there's many many stories in history when when uh for example the the nazis were were killing a particular gentleman and he and he was actually singing and laughing and dancing and they said you know you're going to die now why are you singing and laughing and dancing and he said well you you can only kill my body you cannot kill me now that would be the negative side to um, floating in a river and this is who i am and the river i will respond to what's happening you know in other words it's not always a delight to meditate no no i'm saying yeah, I do know what you're saying. It's a it's a question of being so at peace with oneself based on doing the practice, the goal of which being really to just know who you are. That right. Yeah, that you that you don't switch or get upset by external circumstances, no matter what they are, you stay the same. Which by the way, I did notice, you know, in the many books that I've read about Osho, especially the ones uh, where other people are describing their experience of being with him in life. Like mm-hmm. there's one there's one called um, My Diamond Days with Osho. And oh, there's beautiful. A, it's a beautiful book and I loved it. And the, uh, there's another one called A Stitch for the Master. And the first one was written by the woman who did his laundry and the second one was written by the woman who designed his 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 garments. And mm-hmm. um They both describe situations where police came at certain times. They took, you know, there would be, there would be countries that were threatened by Osho being there. And for people who are listening and they don't know who Osho, he will, I just have to go back for a minute because you and I are talking like 
you know, we know yeah. something and someone, but not everyone knows him. Some people, some young people now don't have never heard of him. So uh, Osho took the name Osho later in life, but he was known primarily in many for many people's lives as Bhagwan Rajanish, and he was a master, as a master meditation master and leader from India, who has still. There's still an ashram in India, and there was once a large ashram in uh, in Oregon in the United States, and he was quite a controversial character. So many times the governments were threatened by him because he actually was setting people free and telling them essentially what Krishna Prem is saying, that you don't have to draw lines in the sand. You can actually live as a free being. And, uh, exactly. That threatened people like Ronald Reagan, and um, you know, you, you you remind me because you know, again, we want to stay intimate in the hour we have together. But that particular girl who was taking care of Osho, you know, he was uh, he would oftentimes get up in the middle of the night, and he had one bad habit. He he liked Diet Coke. <laughs> and he would he would he would call her in at two in the morning and say I would like a diet coke and she would give him a diet coke and then he she would call he would call her at three in the morning I would like another diet coke and she was exhausted so she came to him with a picture and she said Osho this is fantastic all you have to do is put your glass under this machine and you press the button and ice and diet coke come out all you have to do is press this button would you like this machine and he said oh no 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 i don't want that machine i prefer pushing your buttons <laughs> and and there's so much truth in that because here's a girl that wrote a whole book about ironing osho's clothes and she was so happy doing it. And I think that's what love is. That's what Tantra is. That's what abundance is. It's so easy to make love and say that person is worth it. But do you actually want to get up in the morning and iron his or her clothing? Is it, does it make you more complete by serving the person you love? You know, it's, uh, you it's know, a good and, question. And, it's really, it's a, it, it's really a great, great, great question. It, the, the community that I live in now, which is called People Unlimited, and where it's where we are about staying alive forever in this body, like not leaving the body. And one of the one of the questions that we ask each other is, "How can I make your life sweeter today?" Wow, that's very you know, good. What can I contribute sweetly to you today to to have to make you have a more nurtured day? That's what wow, we ask each other. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> but you know, I, again, Laurie, if 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 that question becomes a technique, what, what right. I'm talking about is that question disappears not in the answer; it disappears in life itself. You know. Yeah. So where you might say, "I'm looking at living forever," what I'm looking at is how can this body of mine be my home now. Right, so the same thing happens right. in other I would not mistreat my body because my body is my temple. Right. But I also wouldn't say to my temple, this is only who I am. Exactly. And, I got it. I got and, it. And, and, but I really respect, uh, and I want to visit you. That sounds great. But I, I'm, I'm so thrilled 
about uh, not being attached to my body, and yet I bought a beautiful T-shirt today. I got a haircut today. I flirted with everybody I met today. But uh, uh, in other words, I take such good care of myself, but I absolutely know that I am not my body and I am not my mind. And I have learned this by being alive. But that doesn't mean that I want to have a nervous breakdown and get fat. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't do that. I I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't suggest that you do it. (laughs) No, it's too much much fun. uh, uh, I'm well into my 60s, and I also spent two hours today teaching the inner game of tennis on on the clay courts of Amsterdam, which is like being in heaven when the sun shines. And it's it's all about uh, what I call ready, set, let go. You know, when we were kids in America, we used to have this game, ready, set, go. And in that go, you, you threw your energy into life to the point where you were, you were scattered. You know, you ran so fast right. because you were scared. But for me now, it's ready, set, I trust my body. I know like that. that my, I've told my body what I would like it to do, and now it's doing it. And when I with when I get out of my body's way, it does such a better job hitting that tennis ball than when I try to hit the tennis ball. Yeah, so great. So, again, for me, that's let go is my life now. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, we're and, gonna we're gonna pause here again for a moment. We're gonna we're we're gonna pause and we'll and we'll be back in just a few moments. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. My guest today is Krishna Prem. And he is talking to us about the lessons learned, the lessons that have become life, the living of life, rather than doing some kind of technique things that draw, that create things, that create boundaries. So when we come back, we'll, we'll be talking more about this. And by the way, if you, if you feel stuck in any area of your life, I just want to remind you, not to forget to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt helps people get unstuck. She is a core energetics practitioner, and you'll hear more about her. I just want to let you know to give her a call. She's at 856-261-4900. That's 856-261-4900. That's Kate Holt, a core energetics practitioner. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you stuck in an area of your life, for example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation or visit www.kateholt.info. That's KateHolt.info. Well, we're back on the air. This is Laurie Handlers. I'm here with Tantra Cafe. And my guest today is Krishna Prem. And he is really talking to us about how 
having his teacher, Osho, really exhibited and showed him how to live, being vulnerable, being relating rather than being the relationship. And, uh, you know, I want to ask you, Krishna Prem, about when you did, when you turned 30 and you went on your search. Like, mm-hmm. what what were you like then? If you, I mean, I hate to go backwards and stuff, but just for the interest of someone who might be listening that that needs to hear about what moved you to go on your search, sometimes people need to feel that they're just like you. Wow. You know, it's... Uh it's very interesting. I, I was, uh, I had finished, uh, my education in America and I had a chance to manage, uh, a small hotel in London, England. And I, I went to London and, uh, I met all these hippies coming back from India. And they were so, uh, beautiful and light and, and I was a bartender, so I would be serving them a drink, and they would they would buy me a drink. And I fell in love with these young people that had taken that risk of of saying no to England and showing up in India. And one night I was so drunk that I uh, actually just got on a plane and went to India. <laughs> and uh, and I and not only was I drunk, but I was at the airport with uh, with my beloved, and we we. We were there together, and this is risk. She said, you you got to go yourself because we don't have enough money to get two round-trip tickets. And I said, well, then let's buy two one-way tickets. So we actually got on a plane a little bit drunk or, you know, and happy because we were in love. And uh, with no money to speak of, $500 between us, and we just, in other words, not enough money to ever get home. Right. And we just got on a plane. And uh, and we went to India, and uh, in that very morning, we were having a, a cup of coffee in in Bombay, <laughs> and a girl sat down with us, and she was, uh, you know, I'm just an ordinary great guy, and my girlfriend was an ordinary great girl, you know, we but and we loved each other, but this girl was like like a movie star, Laurie, and I was a young man, I was, you know, and she was trying to pick me up, you know. And uh, my girlfriend went to the bathroom, and I said, "You know, I'm—I don't know what to say to you, but I'm not used to getting so much attention from a beautiful woman. Uh, what do you want? I mean, if you want me, you could probably have me, but I need to know what you want." And she said, "Oh, it's got nothing to do with me. I think you're great. I think your girlfriend's great. I just want to tell you about a man called Osho." And I loved her for it. I, in other words, she, she didn't want anything. She wanted to tell me about someone. And I said to my friend, uh, Masha, I said, we, we have to go now and see this man because if she thinks, you know, all that energy, I've never seen so much energy to meet someone. I said, I'm going to take a risk. She said, I'll go with you. And, uh, and then we, we, we met Osho and we both fell in love and, uh, and, and here you are, you know, a young couple in love, and now you both love this guy Osho more than you love each other. So we got even. I was actually jealous because she liked Osho so very, very much. Even though I loved him, I got jealous myself. And uh, it's amazing. It, 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 it's so cute because you're 
because this is what a master does. He doesn't make it so comfortable. Oh, you love me? It's an easy Wait, I, I lost you again. You have to somehow, your mic. Oh, I'm I sorry. Lost. But yeah. was saying, what I was feeling this way is that it's never easy when you were the teacher because he didn't say, oh, you love me, life is perfect now. He said, oh, oh no. you love me, but your girlfriend loves loves me more than she loves you. What do you think about that? You know, and I got terrifically jealous. I, and it was uh, it, it was fun. It was a fun jealousy because Osho wasn't reaching over and touching her. You know, it was just uh, he was who he was already at home with who he was, and I was on my way to feeling that comfortable. In right. fact, I was fairly miserable at the time. So, in but I knew enough that it was worth it to me. It was worth it to me to stay with him, even though it was making me jealous. Yeah, it sounds if, like he was pushing your buttons as well. I mean, isn't that wasn't that his job? Which oh, you said that was before. Yeah, his job is to push buttons until there are no buttons at all. Exactly. The, the day he the day he confronts me and I go, bring it on, Osho. You know, I'm totally comfortable with who I am. The buttons are over, and that did happen. We had moments when he was celebrating who I am. Also, I don't want anybody to think I was here just to say Osho, Osho, Osho. In fact, you brought him up more than I have. For me, I, I bring up Krishna Prem to the point where I don't need to use my name even. You know, I, I would have almost preferred this program not to be about anybody at all. So it took me a, it took me a long time to realize that uh, I also exist, that I also am loved, that I'm also worthwhile. And, and it, it, it's such a fun feeling to... Uh, to say to your listening audience, you know, I love you. I don't even know who you are. We may never even meet, but I'm so happy you've taken the time to listen to this program that you haven't already turned this program off because this Krishna Prem is so crazy. I think congratulations. <laughs> if, if you're still with Laurie and I, congratulations, because we're talking about living. We're not talking about life. We're talking about yeah. loving not talking yeah. about love. We're, we're talking about Tantra. We're not talking about your boyfriend or your girlfriend. We're talking right. about, uh, you know, intimacy. We're talking about this is really it. You know, in meditation, you find out that the big picture is not the world. The big picture is you and yeah. how you handle the little picture, which is the world. The world is appearing in you. What you see is who you are. It doesn't mean that you say war doesn't exist because war is happening, but you're not participating in it. There's no, there's nothing in it for you to hurt someone else. But then you become your own teaching and you, and you can share with people like, let's look for a peaceful solution to this problem. You know, yeah. it's, in well, other words, a, it's a situation, uh, to transcend, not to, not to, hurt other people yeah not to become engulfed in it or to even put yourself in situations where you are engulfed even with your own terrorist or your exactly. own your own duality which is part of war i mean if i have dual if i have duality about anything in my life if i feel mixed or split parts of me are at war when one exactly when up so if, if i choose to live in harmony, and here we go back to what, how we started, Om. If, we, if I choose to live in the silence of the sound, and that sounds like an oxymoron, 
if mm-hmm. I choose to live in the silence of the sound and in the sound of the sound, I'm choosing to live at one and to be in harmony with myself, which, by the way, I mean, that, ha- that has happened to me. It has happened to me out of the practice of the techniques of Tantra, which mm-hmm. some of those techniques are the same techniques as, as uh, the teacher we speak of. Osho, and some are not. I mean, some came from somebody else. But uh, I never anticipated, first of all, I'm not the kind of person that you could tell me what to do and I would do it. So when my teacher told me, you know, do this breath this way and do it this many times, and it sounded like a religion to me, so I was, like, not up for that. So I didn't do it like that. I did do conscious breathing, but I didn't do it, you know, in a certain prescribed ritualistic way. And what happened was, as I did it over time more and more, and in my own kind of a way, uh, being rebellious, something happened inside of me. Everything kind of got in alignment. And I woke up one day and realized I was different. And I didn't know that that was going to happen. I didn't set that up as an expectation. I didn't set it up as a goal orientation. I just woke up one day and I was different, Krishna Prem. And you, your experience with me, you've met me since that happened. You know, I didn't, yeah. I, I don't know if we would have been in love before that happened because I would have had a duality about you. I would have been like, well, if this guy's not going to be with me, I like him. He's he's hot. You are. Thank I, you. You're hot I too. Do. I like it. Let's meet after <laughs> I, the show. <laughs> <laughs> I do like you. You are hot. Uh, you're a turn on for me, and and it about not as an object. You're a turn on for me as I see myself in what you. I see my life in you. I see your life in me. I w- I wouldn't have met you under those circumstances had this alignment of love and joy not have happened in my own being, in my own body. And that's important, Lori, because I know, I just want to, I think it's great that you're right now in in America, and I'm right now on my way to India, because the truth is not in the East or the West, the truth is in you. Right. And I, I want to mention that because I don't want people to jump on a plane to India. It happened for me in India, but now it's happening for me wherever I am. So if you want to call me Krishna Prem, that's great. If you want to call me Michael, my original name, that's also great. I don't have a, it, I'm beyond technique, and that's what you're saying too. You 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 said yeah. no to a technique. The technique happened, and now you can say I know the technique. You know, I am the knowing. So I want our audience to know that it's 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 available to them while they are listening to us. You know, they don't even have to thank us. They can just smile and say, gosh, I'm getting this. I feel at home with who I am. I'm sharing it with Laurie and Krishna because this is fun. Listening is just as active as speaking. So your audience is getting it now, and I'm sure they're laughing at us and saying, what are these, these guys are making much to do about nothing? Because meditation is actually... Nothing. Osho used to say, "What? Don't just sit there. Do nothing." You know. <laughs> and that, and so I don't want people getting on a plane now and coming to India to see me. Well, they, of course, well, they're wait, welcome. Well, wait. I have to say something. I I didn't get there yet, but I do have to say this, which is I want to give a plug 
for going to India. So I'm going to India. I'm actually taking people to India to my Heart of India tour, November 22nd to December 3rd. And people, I love it. Yeah, and people will be with me in India during those dates. They, they certainly can call or write me. They should go to butterflyworkshops.com to find out more. But I take people on the Heart of India tour. We start in... Uh, we they arrive in Delhi, but we don't really. I don't let anyone out in Delhi. It's too overwhelming at first. But I, they we start in a little small place um, where they can just get acclimated to to India, and then I start to take them to the major some major things like the Taj Mahal. I take them to the Kama Sutra temples in Kajuraho, and. Uh, and then, of course, when the tour is over, I come to Pune, and that's when I see you. And I and some wow, of them come, that's great. And some of them come with me. So I do, even though we don't want them to necessarily jump on a plane and think it's only in India. One of the things I like to take people to India for is uh, to learn something that I don't think they can get readily in the West, and that's called surrender. And, uh, and when you're 10,000 10, miles away from home, it's so much easier to surrender. <laughs> and by the way, Laurie, everybody in your listening audience that comes to India with you is, is welcome to have a cappuccino uh, at the Osho International Meditation Res- Resort on me. It's my treat. Just mention you listen to this show and come and have a cup of coffee with me. Because <laughs> that, that's when a lot happens over a cup of coffee. Over a cup of coffee, absolutely. It's wonderful. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a little pause here for a moment, and then we're gonna we'll be back, and we're gonna speak about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about and have you share about your newsletter, and I think you're turning it into a book. I'm not sure, but I, we'll find that out momentarily. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I'm speaking today with Krishna Pram or Michael, whichever you prefer to call him. He is really a, he's a divine being. He's really a divine being, and we'll be right back. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Lati Han, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to butterflyworkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. My guest today is Krishna Prem, and we've been talking about his search for who he is, and he has clearly found who he is. He has found himself as love and joy, living, living wherever he is, and being engaged in that act and actually exposing other people to whatever it is, the silliness they may think it is or the joy they may experience or the self-reflection they may experience. And he does a really great job of that, 
even though it's not a job. It's just who he is. So I want to talk with you about this guru newsletter that you that you publish. You have I don't know how many subscribers do you have to this G U R U newsletter? Do you think? I think it, it it's going out to about it goes out to ten thousand of my personal friends that I've met coming and going from India, but they send it on. So it goes out like a People magazine is four to one. So it's going out to about forty thousand people a month now. And uh, it's basically uh, a joke that if you laugh at, you be you just enjoy who you are. So it's the cosmic joke was you begin to laugh at me, and you end up laughing at yourself. So I use myself as an example to express how absurd this lifetime is, and how funny it is, and how you can come to yourself through laughter. Wow, it's and, like also yeah. yeah, coming to your senses, you know, you like like get over yourself and your ego and just start laughing, just start laughing. Yeah, and, and, point and, and sometimes you, sometimes you you end up laughing at your misery, you know, you know, and 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 that that misery. As soon as you laugh at misery, it says I'm going to visit somebody else, you know, and that's <laughs> when you become compassionate because you begin to say to misery, Oh, please come back, I can handle you now. And misery <laughs> says, No, I'm not coming. I'm living with Judy now, and, uh, <laughs> you know. And then you take Judy out for a cup of coffee, and she's no longer miserable. And 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 part of that is uh, it, it just works. It works. It doesn't mean that you you. It's frivolous to be alive. It means that your your witness is being born through laughter. You, you're seeing that the problems that you used to have are now just situations to transcend. You know, and and it's uh, uh, where I live in India. We we uh, there's 40 different nationalities. There's 1,000 people a day visit us in that December, January, February period from 40 countries. So uh, what happens is the uh, the, the Germans are always being laughed at by the Italians and the, and, the, and the Italians are always being laughed at by the Americans. And eventually you find out that your conditioning is what's funny, you know. And when you find out that your conditioning is funny to an Italian, when the Americans come and they only have two weeks off this year, you know, and the Italians just fall down on the ground laughing at you. And then eventually you and you say, you, you get the joke, and then you say to the Italians, but get real, do you want the rest of your life off? You know, so if you have to find out who you are. And, and a lot of what we do there is uh, based on what Osho called Zorba the Buddha. In other words, he says just to meditate is also to miss the point. Or just to sing and dance and have a glass of wine is also to miss the point what he was saying is can you have a glass of wine while you meditate you know and can you enjoy yourself and be looking at your life at the very same time he said this is when magic happens so just to meditate just to go to a, a cave in the himalayas is just as far from life as just working on wall street 16 hours a day Right. He would say, you know, work on Wall Street, make some money, come to India, learn to meditate. Bring that meditation back to Wall Street. It'll even be easier to make money. Med uh, meditation and money are, are not opposite things once you begin to enjoy your life. So, Until you, you most people make a decision, what I'm going to be rich or I'm going to meditate. Well, you, you can do both. You might only be rich about who you are, but certainly that is wealth. 
So it's uh, it's in that contradiction of having a glass of wine and meditating also. Beautiful, so beautiful. So that we dance. For example, where I live, we we dance to live music every day. But at the end of the dancing, we don't say to the girl next to us, "Would you like a date?" We lay down for twenty minutes and meditate. Then we get up. Take a shower, wash our hands, and then we say to the girl, you're, you're, you're cute, let's go out to dinner. But in between those two activities, in between the dancing and celebrating, we relax before we move to the next activity. Right. Even when, and so some people are meditating in the Osho Auditorium, but some people are doing laps in the pool, you know, and, you know, and exhausting themselves through swimming. Osho was totally into exhaust yourself before you meditate well he said uh, um, actually if if I'm correct he said that at least the western mind was not able to stop unless the body was exhausted the western didn't just sit down and sit still they had to they were always fidgeting in their mind so get yourself exhausted and then your mind will stop fidgeting Right. Even when we do Vipassana in Pune, we, we might be active for an hour that day. You know, we might do a meditation, that dancing, just so that the sitting is more natural. In the West now, we try and force people into meditation for 10 days. Take 10 days off your busy schedule and do Vipassana. Well, that, 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 you, you'll probably be able to do it because it's so full of effort, but you probably won't want to do it again. That's the problem. Right. Where we live, we, 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 we take it slowly, but we take it totally. The Vipassana might, might be one hour a day, but it's over the whole year, you know, and it yeah. becomes part of who you are. And we live in a, an environment of meditation, and we also work six hours a day. We meditate for four hours a day, and uh, you hear all these sexy stories about Osho, but by the time you get in bed, you might want to go to sleep. The furthest thing, the furthest thing from your mind might be a date. <laughs> you know, you, that's what you're so funny. I thought when I went there, there would be a whole lot of sexy stuff, and I, I never really, I never really saw all that. It's amazing, and it's true. But it is sensuous, and I think Osho was a very sensuous man. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mean, eating was eating was tantra for him. You know, I mean, uh, you know, sleeping was tantra for him. He, 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 his whole life uh, was a tantric teaching, and he yeah. was alone. He was yeah. alone, and uh, it, it's uh, it's it's fun, Laurie. And, and just one thing, my sister, uh, because it's midnight here in Amsterdam, so my sister called me and helping me to stay awake, you know, because I was teaching today. And she said, "What are you going to talk to Laurie about?" And I said, "Well, one thing I was going to mention to Laurie is that uh, in the East we say uh, if you leave your body, if you die with five good friends." People that you can count on, that, that don't judge you and will share with you and be straight with you, whether they love you or not in that moment. If you die with five of these people, you're going to be a successful person. That's, that, to a meditative success is having five friends. And my sister said to me, I was actually a teenager with you, and I heard your mother tell you the same thing. And I, the beauty of that story is she heard it at home in Medford, Massachusetts, I heard it in India. So there's two kinds of people. There's the kind that learn at home, and there's the kind that have to put one foot in front of the next until they walk into themselves. And right. I have to be one of those people. 
you know. Yeah. But the, yeah. the truth is the person that is at home, whether they're in Medford, Massachusetts, or Pune, India, you know, it doesn't make a difference where you are. It makes a difference who you are. It's so, that's just so true. It's so true. Yeah. I want yeah. to come back for a second. Thanks for saying sure. that. So it's a lot. It's big wisdom. It's big wisdom. Um, I want to come back to the newsletter again for a second. Before oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot about no, that. No, it's all right. Before we cut out, because I uh, are you turning it into a book? I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, fin- I'm, I'm printing in, in the fall. I'm, I'm finishing up now. The newsletter is for people that already meditate. The book is for people that uh, don't know that they're funny yet. That they think, uh, the, the, the book is for people that think uh, problems are reality. Yeah, Uh, they're attached to their own uh, situation. So the book is is how to laugh at yourself. And again, I use myself as as an example. And uh, I I, people always ask me, you know, you were alive with Osho. Were you conscious? And I was never conscious, but I was conscious because he loved humor. He loved jokes. So I would send him very complicated jokes that he would almost have to read in order to get the point across because Indians by nature don't not have a sense of humor. <laughs> and so I would, and one of the jokes I sent him, and please cut me off if, if your audience has heard it, but basically a, a boy goes to temple and he, uh, and he says to God, you know, I've been praying all my life and nothing has happened. If I don't win the lottery by next year, this very day, I am renouncing you and, and the temple. And he shows up a year later and he says to God, well, you let me down. I didn't win the lottery. I've given you my whole life. Goodbye. And all of a sudden, the, the, the roof of the temple just rose and God's benevolent face appears. And he says to the young man, meet me halfway, buy a lottery ticket. And there's so much truth in that. So if you want to meet yourself, you need to participate. You need to buy a lottery ticket. No, if it, you, what you're doing tonight, whether you're getting a PhD through uh, through the internet or you're a waitress, it's you're you're doing everything in order to be yourself. And the cosmic joke is, you are already who you are. We have been told our whole lives to be someone that we're not. Meditation right. is taking away everything that anyone has ever told you and resting in who you are. So you, meditation is saying, get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged, you know, and that's who you are. You are already a Buddha. Beautiful, beautiful. Buddha the Zorba, Zorba the Buddha. That's oh. beautiful. Thank you so much. I really, I want to thank you for your wisdom and um, and for your humor and for thank your you. for your hotness, all of it, your your... It's a pleasure being with you, even if it's thousands of miles away across the pond. It's just. A- I'm going to see you in December. I'm very excited. Yeah, and I, and I'm going to thank you because I know I'm a little crazy, and you helped me to sound almost logical. I really appreciate. It. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> really, so the book tell. What's the name of the book going to be? It's going to be called G U R U. But it's 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 the book behind the newsletter, and okay, uh, uh, you'll be the first to know about it. But yeah, it looks like, like September, promoter. October. I'd like to promote it on the show, and I'd like to tell people about it. So that'd be great. Anyway, uh, everybody, I am. I just want to let you know to again to write to me, Laurie at Tantra Cafe. 
com. If you have questions about any of this, if you have suggestions for the show, please do that. You can visit my main website, butterflyworkshops.com. And uh, I love doing this. I love my show. I love having guests like Krishna Prem. Thank you so much, and we're going to sign off. So namaste from Tantra Cafe.